sure. I'll talk it out. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Track three. <clears throat> Better not be fucking Dave Matthews band. Okay. Those of you who don't want to be a part of this can leave now. Derek, please listen to me. But if you choose to stay, which it seems like you guys are choosing. Derek, please. You understand and agree to the following terms and conditions. Derek! One. Derek, this is the virus. You talking. hereby waive your right Derek, please. to your own personal bodily integrity. This is not you. Two. Per the state versus Neville Reed. My colleague and I will not be held criminally liable for any felony or misdemeanor that you may be a victim of, including, but not limited to, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, destruction of property, mayhem, and first-degree murder. And three, terms and conditions may change or be updated whenever the fuck I want! Consider yourselves notified. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a rock. Describe the ruckus, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? Ain't it cool? First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. What up, everybody? DJ Dubis with you here the Metal Town Radio Podcast The Hordes of Chaos episode 158 today got a couple of uh, Netflix series to get to to talk about one old series on regular TV to talk about and then some uh, music updated news on the Manson Evan Rachel Wood saga so I got a little bit on that coming up uh a lot of new music coming your way as usual, a lot of label stuff as well, brand new music, also some uh, recommendations from my boy Kevin Tarrant, uh, who wants uh, to hear a couple of tracks, so I've got that coming along the way today. Uh, so in terms of new stuff, got some uh, Allegan on here, 
as well as some, uh, let's see what we got here, Aminoid, Shape of Despair, Vendetta, and Hammerfall, as well as many more. And we're going to kick off our first block with uh, Vorse, uh, provided by Inverse Records. So here we go. This is a little bit of blackmail coming your way. Check it out.
this is Rhino of Enclave and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Check this out. Alright, we are back. And I want to talk a little bit about All of Us Are Dead. Netflix series dealing with zombies. It's a South Korean uh, series, obviously. Um, Stars Park Solomon, Cho Yin Hyun, Chan Young Yoon, Park Ji Hoo, Lee Yu Mi, Yu In Su, and many more. Uh, obviously, one of my favorites uh, is a little cutie named uh, Choi Namra, one of the main characters in here. And uh, basically, what you have is these students at a South Korean high school uh, going to class as normal. Um, all of a sudden, a uh, virus outbreak uh, breaks out, and uh, it starts pretty much with one particular young man who is being bullied by some other students who aren't really, not all of them are students, but, uh, you know, a little gang of bad people, and um, they end up actually throwing him over uh, a rooftop. And then, of course, we see he was already starting to kind of, like, freak out or, you know, do this weird... If you ever saw the exorcism of Emily Rose where she's doing like the, the body kind of like creaking or you know snapping, it, the, the way these zombies work is a, a lot like that. So we kind of see that starting to happen before he's thrown over the roof. Uh, we don't know why at that point, but uh, that gets explained later. Um, the series is really cool. So, you know, you have these students, the outbreak happens, and then their object is to survive, obviously. And they're, a lot of the time throughout this series, they're spending time because they haven't been able to get out of school because of the infection. It's just running rampant. These are fast zombies. Um, it's a little bit of a cross between Train to Busan, Resident Evil, and Dawn of the Dead. So you get a little bit of everything in there, and I'm going to get to kind of why. Obviously, the fast zombies from Dawn of the Dead and Train to Busan, you can kind of see that happening there with that. Uh, the reason why it has a little bit of like a Resident Evil touch is that we discover throughout the series that these, this virus has like a, a mutation to it. So, not everybody's affected the same way. We haven't really gotten to why exactly yet because the first season doesn't really dive into why. Uh, all we know is that there are certain students or certain people who've been bitten and infected that don't turn into zombies right away. And But they, what happens is when they uh, get emotionally charged or angry, uh, they start to kind of like, you know, you see the veins get dark and then they're like, I don't know how they do the whole eyelid drooping thing, but that thing's pretty wicked scary. Uh, but then they, they get, they're almost like superheroes in some sense. They're stronger. Uh, technically, um, technically they're dead. Like when you, like when they check temperatures, like they're very low. They're like corpses. They're so, they're still, they're still like zombies, yet they're not. Uh, and that's one of the things that are, is interesting about the series. And, uh. Right now, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, interestingly enough, it, it gets a lot of high marks. Uh, the critics get it about 83%, whereas the audience 78 Now, that's a little low for the audience, so I was a little surprised that it's not a little higher than that. Um, but maybe because 
people are kind of burned out with zombies maybe I don't know um, for me personally I wasn't sure what to make of it when I went into it I think I watched like the first episode and I kind of left it for a little while and then came back and decided to, to cruise through and I really enjoyed it uh, mainly because there's a lot of like great emotion in this like aside from all the zombie carnage um, there's some really heartfelt relationships between students you know trying to find their parents and the relationships they have with each other uh, there's even some like very uh, dark like like class uh, issues like you know one particular character uh, chick has a real problem with a, a boy uh, in her class who apparently lives on welfare and so there's just like this class uh, battle between them two like she thinks she's better than him and she's very angry and so she does something very uh, bad to him uh, in throughout the series so you'll, I'm not going to give it away because I think it's really kind of like a turning point for some of the stuff in there but uh, then of course as I said the bullies from earlier in the show one of them is one of the ones that's able to deal with the mutation so he becomes like a constant problem throughout the series for these kids because he's looking for a particular boy who actually ended up getting him bit in the first place even though it's kind of his own fault but uh, so they spend a lot of time going you know from different rooms to the gymnasium to outside like and the episodes are nice because they're hour-long episodes and they basically you know deal with what's going on right there and there and the dialogue and the commentary is very good uh, it, it kind of sputters a bit because they do show things outside of the school with like the adults trying to deal with the, the army and parents trying to find their kids uh, and then some people will complain that they there's complaints that there's some people don't like the series and maybe part of that's because of the mutation part of it because at first I was like you know I don't know if I really dig this or not and but as I stuck with the series I, I started to uh, like like it a little bit more than I had initially and then of course the other part that people may not like about it is like sometimes these kids look very smart as how they adapt to their situations and how they get out of it and then there's other times you're like dude you're just a dumb fuck why would you do that uh but i think a lot of that is just to keep the story going forward uh, i think that we always no matter what kind of movie or series that you watch on zombies there's always those people that are stupid as fuck and do the dumbest things other other because they're uh very scared that they do find that some of these kids are just so terrified that they end up doing some of the dumbest shit that gets the rest of them in trouble, you know, as far as, like, being attacked and whatnot. So it's, like, there's partly that. There's, again, like I said, about the, the, the tension between the students where some students like others more than others. Like, there's cliques. So you would think, damn, you know, we need to unite in times like this, and yet these kids have still managed to find their own, like, petty bullshit differences that they don't like with each other. And it, it's a constant battle in there. But... I, there's one moment and I can't remember the the actor's name uh, or the, the character per se but they're getting out of the school and they're trying to make their way to the gymnasium at this point later in the series and he's out there and as they're all as a group trying to get to the next place 
he sees that his mother's out there. She was trying to come get him and got bitten along the way and became a zombie. And uh, he saw her, but he, like, really just mentally broke down. Like, it just emotionally and mentally just could not handle it. Like, it was just, that was his life, his mother. So, uh, but one of the girls that he likes a lot uh, was, you know, comforting him and trying to get him motivated. And then there's, like, a, a role reversal later on for the girl. Because, you know, at first these two were, like, childhood friends. They were really good friends. And she didn't know that he actually liked her a lot. Uh, until he actually explained it to her, and it kind of brought some tension there with that. But I think after a while, they kind of kind of understood each other a little bit. Um, but yeah, the, those the relationship part and the emotion in this is very good. Like the way that these actors are able to convey that, like you actually believe it. Like it's really really well acted. I really like a lot of the actors in this. Uh, and uh, if you're looking, and really, it's it's fast paced. Like the zombies. There's a lot of zombie action, so you like gore and stuff. It's all there. Uh, it doesn't hold back. Like, there aren't, like, you know, we do have our certain people that are surviving, but then others that you think are going to make it don't. So that's, it, it's it's very unpredictable in that way. So uh, it's got sort of almost like a Walking Dead feel. Now, I haven't watched anything past season one of Walking Dead, but from everything I've heard over the years is that nobody is safe from being uh, killed or turned on or whatever. So um, that's something to keep an eye on, too, uh, because, you know, every time you start kind of getting invested in someone, it's like, oh, shit, no way. Uh, so that that's really cool to see. I, I like those kind of surprises. Um, I know I was discussing with Crypt uh, on a video chat yesterday for one of his upcoming shows, and... I do have some pet peeves with stuff like that, but it's really with, like, Sons of Anarchy or Lost. Like, you know, you just, you have a, a, a character going along, and if you're not 100% in that series, like, if you lose a favorite character, then it's like, shit, you know, I, I really don't want to watch this anymore because I really enjoyed that character. Uh, this isn't really the case. Like, I'm not so super invested in every character to say, oh, okay, you're off limits. So... I mean, obviously, I've seen some characters I've like get bumped off in this series, but overall, I think it works uh, for me, and I'm not turned off by that fact. So, yeah, it's on Netflix, man. All of a sudden, they are planning on doing a season two. Uh, it, it, the ending, of course, has opened up the door for that. It's, and we, again, more emotional friendships and whatnot, and we... Are probably going to start learning a little bit more about the mutated zombies that you know are able to stay in human form like they look just like you and I uh, but like I said once they start to want to feed because it is one thing they have to battle is want the need to feed and so like I don't know it, it, it all kind of bases upon their mentality so in one case you have the bully guy uh, who's one of these things and he's just out for carnage like he you know he's not losing control and since he has no idea what he's going to. he's very he can think exactly for himself so he can walk among the zombies and they're not going to fuck with him uh the same with this other girl and the pack of uh kids that are trying to survive there's one in there and she's you know very friendly she's actually she likes a boy that likes her and uh, he's been 
trying to keep everyone else in the group from like trying to harm her because they don't trust her obviously because they know that she is uh, a zombie of, of some sort um, but you know she's also done a lot to protect them throughout this thing too so th this is the interesting thing about the mutated zombies is that they're still very able to look and walk around like us until they're like forced to like show the dark side of what they are and uh yeah it's interesting um i wasn't expecting that and uh as i said at first i was kind of like eh, i don't know if i really dig it but then stuck with it and i would suggest the same to you all because i think it's a really good series uh you know even though squid game was different than this uh I really enjoy the fact that they're really starting to put together some good shit over in Korea uh, in general. So it's a lot of fun. So check it out. All of Us Are Dead on Netflix. And we're going to get back into some music. And I got a mishmash of stuff going on in this block. Brand new stuff from Allegan, as well as some classic material from Tombstone Blue, recommended by Kevin Tarrant. And then uh, I've got some Zeal and Ardor uh, kicking off, so a little bit of a mixture of rock and metal here. This is called Immersion.
What's up, everyone? This is Richie from Grave Huffer, and you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Rank it the fuck up. Tombstone Blue with Exile closing out that last block. Now we're going to talk a little bit about, about a long-standing series on CBS called NCIS. And since then, probably within the last five to ten years, it's had split-offs, you know, different NCIS shows, uh, Los Angeles, Hawaii, uh, New Orleans, so... Uh, they got a bunch of shit going on now that are uh, spinoffs of that particular show. Which kind of reminded me initially with NCIS, and I had forgotten because it's been around so long, is that NCIS itself was a spinoff of JAG, for those that remember that show back in the way back in the day. Uh, and if you don't know, NCIS stands for Naval Criminal Investigative Services. And uh, it's all... The, the thing about NCIS that's the most... <laughs> It's not shocking, but it's, again, like it is, if you've watched the series for so long, you kind of get, like I said, you. it's like the thing about getting invested in certain characters and actors that are portraying these characters, and so NCIS is no different in that respect. Like, over the years, you know, I got hooked on it really bad. It's like a soap opera for men. Uh and I watch it, and <clears throat> you get invested in all these characters, but some some die off, and some, you know, leave for whatever reason, like because the actors are moving on to different things, or they're fired, or whatever. Uh, but the one constant up until maybe this season was the uh, actor and producer uh, Mark Harmon, and for those that are familiar with the name, he was in. Uh, a good comedy in the 80s called uh, Summer School. And, uh, you know, when I saw him at first at NCIS, I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I wasn't really paying much. I was a late bloomer to that show, uh, honestly. But uh, he plays Leroy Jethro Gibbs. Uh, he's the main leader of the team. Uh, but going into this season, uh, it's almost like he's been kind of like, like, there's an episode in there uh, towards the end of the season that he's staying behind in Alaska because he's walking away. Like, so, and I'll get to who's kind of like, I think it's going to take over pretty much uh, in the show here in a minute. Uh, but over the years, it started out, you know, Caitlin Todd, who's played by Sasha Alexander. Uh, you know, she was there for a couple years and then. Camera, I'm not going to give it away. I want people to kind of check this out. I think you'll really like it. Uh, it started back in like early 2000s or 90s. Or somewhere in there. But it's, it's been a while for a while, obviously. Uh, the character Anthony Noza by Michael Weatherly, he was with them forever. Up until about three or four years ago. Maybe, no, actually, I'm wrong. It's, God, it's been almost a decade, maybe? Uh, yeah, it has to be. Um, no, it might have been about five or six years, I think. So, just I don't have the timelines right, but uh, Abby Shuto, uh, who is played by Polly Perrette, she recently left, probably about three or four years ago. Um, 
he was with them a long time. She was kind of like the gothic uh, forensic science uh, chick for NCIS. And uh, great character. Was sad to see her go. Uh, the reasons the actress left are, you know, part of this. You know, I, I can't say whether or not it's legit or not. Uh, she made some claims about Mark Harmon uh, inappropriately doing stuff. Uh, not sexually, I don't think, just maybe comments or the way he acted towards her, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what really happened at, at, uh, as far as like the investigation into that. Um, I think Mark pretty much denied it, but either way, she left uh, to do her things. Um, Sasha Alexander played Caitlin Todd. She ended up leaving the show just because her character, you know, something happened there with that. Uh, Donald Ducky Mallard and Dave McCollum, who plays a uh, autopsy uh, guy uh, for many years with that, and then of course uh, Jimmy Palmer, who ends up becoming his apprentice uh, with Brian Deaton, and uh, he's ended up taking over. You you, you occasionally see. Uh, Ducky show up, you know, occasionally and help out, and it's like guest appearances, and but uh, obviously uh, Jimmy Palmer is the one that's really kind of leading the autopsy unit now in terms of like examining the bodies that they get and whatnot. Um, Timothy McGee, played by Sean Murray, he's been there quite a while now. Uh, he was sort of like the uh, the probie that. Uh, Anthony knows I used to give a hard time to when Weatherly was still part of the show. It was really a fun dynamic between Weatherly and uh, Murray with that. Uh, Leon Vance, Rocky Carroll. Now, the funny thing about Rocky Carroll is he does, he's been in different stuff over the years. And But for those of you who remember the movie Chase, uh, The Chase, excuse me, with... Uh, Charlie Sheen and uh, Christy Swanson. So if you remember that movie from the early 90s, uh, Rocky Carroll had like a little part as the uh, newscaster guy in the helicopter. So <laughs> I always thought that was funny. I'm like, dude, I know this face. How did I know it? And it took me a while to figure it out until I recently saw The Chase. This, of course, is years ago when I rediscovered this. Uh, but his character has kind of grown a lot. He took over for uh, Jimmy Shepard, the character played by Lauren Hawley. Uh, who ended up leaving the show as well. Now, Ziva David, uh, played by Cote de Pablo, uh, she was one of my one of my really favorite characters, and was with the series for quite a while. Uh, ended up leaving. I think she just went on to other things. Uh, she did make a couple of guest appearances later, uh, which was really cool because I I think really it's funny is because the character was so beloved that the way it was left we you know fans were like no it can't be like this you know they were really adamant about her character not going out the way she did so i think they ended up like kind of just finding a way to bring her back which is really cool and we saw some cool moments with her which is awesome uh great actress uh she really played that role well, and I just it, it's that whole time period for NCIS for me was like the best. Uh, as we get to later now, when we have more and more people turning over as far as like uh, characters, uh, we start getting Alex Quinn, who's played by Jennifer Esposito. Uh, I'm not even really sure what she wasn't really a team member. 
uh, as far as like in the group itself, but she was there. So I don't know if she was like some sort of consultant. I can't remember. Uh, but then the two new uh, characters replacing uh, Ziva and uh, Anthony Dinozo was uh, Nick Torres, played by Wilmer uh, Valderrama, and Ellie Bishop, played by Emily Wickersham. Wickersham, excuse me. Uh, yeah, it was funny because when uh, Ellie came in and Nick, you know, it's like it took a while to warm up to because you you got so used to the other characters with Dinozo and, and Ziva was that, and that that was like a really great dynamic with all of them that they had prior to that. So the one constant probably what what helped everything smooth over in terms of the transition there was uh, Mark Harmon's character Gibbs. Like he's like the the backbone of the stone that you know keeps that rock rolling, and. Uh, I think had, because over the years, I think, if I'm correct, Harmon had kind of toyed with their idea of leaving the show, like, much sooner. And and even though I don't have, like, a definite in, in terms of him leaving now, I'm pretty sure he is going to be leaving the show. Aside from, like, guest appearances, like what uh, McCollum's doing for Ducky. Uh, but I got used to uh, Ellie Bishop and Nick Torres, and, and then, of course... For whatever reason, I watched it all the way up to season 15 when I could binge it. And then I tried to keep episodes uh, in between that. So for 16 and 17, I saw probably a few episodes here and there. But uh, because I can't just sit down and watch it and it hasn't been updated on Netflix, uh, we're on season 19. So I don't know what Netflix is doing, but they're not getting the rest of the seasons that I need to see. Uh, however, I do have Hulu. So I went and I watched uh, what episodes I could for season 19. Uh, and uh, I realized, I found out that Bishop is no longer with the crew. Like, we have yet another new chick uh, played by... Um, give me a moment here. Because I didn't... Uh, Katrina Law is playing Jessica Nice. So she's the one that's replaced... Uh, Ellie Bishop here, Jessica Knight. So, we also used to have Jackie Sloan, played by Maria Bello, and uh, she hasn't been in the show that I've seen recently, so I don't know what happened with her either. She was kind of like the psychiatrist that would evaluate the team members whenever they had to deal with shit, and I didn't see her at all this season, which, considering some of the emotions as far as the characters of Nick Torres and the stuff that he was going through, and, and dealing with, you know, you think you would have saw her character involved with that. Like, we just didn't see her at all, which is really weird considering... Now, unless something happened to Jackie that I don't know about, because I, do, I did not read up on that. That's why I kind of want to watch the season 16 through 18 in full before I do any of that. Uh, and then we have Casey Hines, who... She actually came in when Polly Perrette for uh oh shit damn it I'm so bad at names dude Abby so Casey was replacing Abby as the forensic science uh individual that would do all the uh checking of guns and uh bullets and stuff like that and for viruses and whatnot. so she was the science for forensic person and so she's in there but now season 19 
is interesting because there's a possibility that Casey's no longer going to be with us, who's played by Deanna Reasonover. And uh, she hasn't been there long, so I don't know. Like the, the last episode of season 19 really leaves you hanging because there's a lot going on. Uh, there's been a couple of like personal life scares for Casey, the character, in terms of her being threatened and, of course, almost killed. So we kind of, from a character standpoint, we see that, oh, she's having a hard time dealing with this all of a sudden, being this, this forensic person. And uh, so we don't know if like that's leading up to her actually departing the show. Um, then we have, like I said earlier, Gibbs, who's been around forever, Mark Harmon uh, portraying that character. It seems like we're all now at a, a point with his character that he's ready to kind of walk away. Uh, which leads to some of the distress from Nick and the rest of the crew with McGee and whatnot who are having a hard time kind of dealing with, you know, gives their, their mentor, their leader, uh, no longer being around. And it's actually, it's a very emotional thing between McGee and uh, Gibbs at the end of the season. And uh, the one thing, though, that leads to another thing that leads me to believe that is that uh, for those that are familiar with the movie Office Space, the comedy, uh, Bill Lomberg, played by Gary Cole, he is now an FBI agent who at first is in pursuit of Gibbs because of some shit that's going on, uh, but ends up letting Gibbs go, and he's been asked to take over as the leader of NCIS. And so for like the last two to four episodes of the season 19 he's actually leading the crew but there's some tension there obviously because as I said the crew really love Gibbs so now it's just a matter of are they going to continue with Gary Cole is uh, Gibbs maybe going to have a change of heart come back is Casey going to leave I don't know and I know for a lot of you it's like oh man do I really want to sit through 20 seasons of this to get to this point I'm telling you if you like these kind of shows, okay, it's worth it. If you ever liked, like, CSI or, you know, some of those shows back in the day like that, uh, dealing with, like, forensics and murder and, and mystery stuff, uh, thrillers, uh, it's worth it. It's it's really strong. Uh, it obviously has been successful. It's gone for 20 years. I think it's already been okay for a 20th season. So, in that respect... It, it, there's got to be some good shit about it, right? I mean, I know some other series that probably have gone on too long that shouldn't, like the Kardashians, but I don't watch that crap. You know, I find what stuff I like, and then I watch it, and I'm recommending this to you all because I think it's worthwhile. Uh, if you have Netflix, it's on there. At least the first 15 seasons, you know, I can't do anything after that because Netflix is dragging feet, I guess, on that. Uh, usually they're pretty good about updating their stuff. But... The first 15 seasons are there, uh, and I, I swear to God, if you get through even the first six, I'll say, uh, and you're hooked, and you're good. If you find that after three or four, even six, that you're not really into it, great. Chances are you're going to know right away, because I think there's sometimes like between 12 and 24 episodes a season, so uh, there's a lot there. Like I know Neko and I have been trying to keep up with Supernatural. Uh, we we still only got up to season eight, and then like 
I thank her and I at this point because they're past 20, uh, 20 seasons now on Supernatural. So I think if her and I are going to dive back into that, we almost have to go and just start over. Because <laughs> I've forgotten so much about I mean, I remember some stuff here and there, but like overall, the plots and the shit that goes on with those guys, uh, you know, with that, that Supernatural show, is like, I just, it's, I had to go back and start over. I just don't remember a lot of it. So. Who knows if we'll ever get back to that. That's that's a long process. to have to, We have to actually just avoid everything else almost just to watch that. All right. We're going to get into a little bit of uh, doomy death stuff. Maybe a little psychedelic doom. Got some uh, Void Odyssey in here. Evoking. And here's Stricken. Uh, provided by Horror Pain. Consuming Misery.
Time to jump into our rock block for today. Got some uh, Messer from Curtain Call Records. Brand new stuff from Scorpions. Gypsy Railhead, a band that was recommended by Kevin Tarrant, our good fan and friend. Classic stuff from Ashbury. Got some new stuff from Sirens Bay as well as Sinister King provided by Angels PR. And we're going to kick it off with that with a song called Still Here. We're still here, man.
the rules by which you must play. They watch over you both night and day. Your life is controlled, oh, your freedom's a joke. They can tighten the harness. They can put on the yoke. You have your time. Oh, they gave you your say. They didn't buy your story, so they threw you away. The judge and the jury. Oh, now they wished you well.
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and is highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you
Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on their shows as well as the collaborations with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y. Sci-Fi Century. Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla-related information. Peace.
talk a little bit about Vikings Valhalla. Another series on Netflix. This actually is a continuation of sorts of the Viking show on the History Channel. Only it takes place a hundred years after the stuff on the History Channel. So <clears throat> stuff with Ragnar Bjorn and all of them. It's a hundred years after that. And it's really a mixture more now of what happened when the Vikings integrated in Europe uh, with France and England and how a good portion of those Vikings became, uh, <coughs> excuse me, goddamn, became uh, Christians. So they were still Vikings, but they were Christian Vikings. And their philosophies changed a little bit. Uh, most notably is uh, how they perceive Viking culture. So they had pretty much when they became Christian, they'd be written off any of the pagan gods and whatnot, but they still classified them as Vikings. And the series, this series kicks off basically where <clears throat> the king of England turned on the Viking uh, brethren, the Viking Christians that were there uh, because he still felt it was almost like a cleansing. Like he felt like they despite being Christians and devoting to Christ, they were still Vikings. Like he just didn't consider them pure Christians or pure uh, noblemen. So he ended up killing uh, Vikings that were actually very supportive of his kingdom and defenders of the kingdom. They came running when he requested they needed help. They got tricked into being poisoned and killed. And it was at that point that the king of England had declared war on all Vikings, like any Christians, any Vikings. But what happened was word got back to Cadigat. And uh, there was a big massive meeting of Vikings, clans, and, and tribes. And it was a mixture of both Christian and, and uh, traditional Vikings. So it was kind of funny because they're all there considering each other Viking brothers, but there, there's this division between them because there were some that were Christian that did not agree with the paganism and the you know the stuff that came with being a traditional viking so there's some some uh, tension and backstabbing and even fights that break out because of that like they really can't see eye to eye in fact there's an incident on one of the boats as they're traveling back to england to you know go to war that the the captain basically it's you know they're captain of smaller boats but the, the you know the dragon ships you see uh, Sam Corlett, who plays Leif Erikson, he's like the uh, son of Eric the Red, a berserker. <clears throat> and uh, he's a very good ship guy. You know, he's, he's a very good navigator, uh, kind of like Floki was in Viking. So Leif is like basically been recruited because his sister got in trouble for killing uh, one of the Christian Vikings because that guy had raped her so many years before. Uh, the girl playing the, the sister is uh, Frida Gustafson, who plays Fridas Erickson, and she didn't care. She wanted to kill this dude, who was a good right-hand man of uh, Olaf Haraldson, and he's one of the big, you know, leaders of one of the Christian Vikings. And so already we have tensions, but in order to basically smooth things over to keep everyone on board in the same page because they all have one goal in mind is to get revenge for you know the slaughter of the Christian Vikings in England 
Uh, Leo Sutter plays Harold Sigurdsson, and he's sort of the one middle pieces of the, the group to try to keep everybody together because they need to stay focused on the task at hand. So he makes a deal that Fridas uh, will be held, uh, but that they, in order to sort of pay off the debt for letting her get away with killing this dude, even though Olaf does not like it, uh, Leif is recruited to go and help sail the seas and navigate them back to England, which he does to save his sister. Uh, you have some other, you know, major characters in this. I'm not going to go through them all, but the series is very good. Uh, even though it's only got about a 60% in terms of uh, audience uh, approval on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics are giving it 91%, which is pretty, pretty, pretty good, actually, for that. Something like of this nature. Uh, and, it, and this deals, this series deals far more with the inner turmoil between Christian Vikings, traditional Vikings, and of course England Christians and all that and the whole like mingling and how it's transformed over the years since Ragnar. Whereas Vikings sort of dealt more with the spiritual side of stuff uh, besides the war and stuff, but the more spiritual side of stuff. This stuff, this series is far more about just uh, how it's already transformed and how it's integrated, Christianity is integrated into the Viking culture and uh, it's it's really good. It's just what you would expect from any Viking series. Uh, you know, it, it's a little getting used to it. When I first heard they were doing this spinoff I was hoping that it would be a little more of a spinoff from where we would take where Bjorn would take over and be like the headpiece to whatever spinoff they were doing, but they went a hundred years afterwards. Uh, but you do hear references to Ragnar, Bjorn, and Ivar even, uh, as far as like their basically what they consider legends of the Viking culture. So you, you do hear references back to those gentlemen. Uh, even Lagatha uh, from Kattegat, you know, they, they all know and revere those names. Uh, but now it's more just about how they're dealing with the betrayal of England on the Vikings, uh, Christian Vikings that were there. And it's pretty interesting because the Vikings end up coming and they end up actually succeeding and taking over this part of England, at least the, the, the London area. And, uh, you know, obviously we have some other, like I said, we have some other players in here with the the England's royalty that's in there involved and it's sort of similar to Rolo in some ways in terms of like what's expected once one Viking takes over London like he keeps the uh, wife of the actual uh, former of uh, head of the London castle you know uh, city he actually takes her on as his own wife, even though he has a wife already, which plays another part in everything. That's total Viking shit, right? Multiple wives, baby. Uh, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. The uh, the acting is really good. The, the actors here are good. Uh, there was another show on Netflix probably a couple of years ago dealt with Vikings. It wasn't part of the, these these two part these two series, but. It had similar themes where it had like uh, mentions of Bjorn and Ragnar and that as well. I, it was okay. Uh, I think I find this one's a little bit better made than that one. Uh, even though I would say the other one's pretty good for what it is. Uh, 
but yeah, you know, uh, I'm a big Viking kind of guy and metal, all that stuff. So uh, culture, I enjoy a lot of the Viking stuff and the, the, the history and, and legend and myths of it all, the gods and stuff like that. So uh, highly recommend Vikings Valhalla. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Meanwhile, we're going to jump back into some uh, metal here. Uh, got some stuff from Hardlight Promotions and Music Records in here. Brand new stuff from Aminoid. And this is called uh, Catalyst. This is a band called Catalyst called Fearwell. So check it out and we'll be back.
Everybody, this is Mr. Joshua Gray, your live gameplay DJ, live weekday mornings, every day, but hump day, playing Mortal Kombat or other games occasionally and featuring a number of different artists. So come on by, grab your breakfast, and enjoy some fatalities. Mr. Joshua Gray on YouTube, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 noon to the moon. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. down to the nitty-gritty so for any of you who've been following the Marilyn Manson uh, even Rachel Woods uh, story at all uh, a few couple two or three years ago I think uh, Rachel Wood came out and actually uh, charged Marilyn Manson with physical mental and emotional abuse uh, also uh, claiming that he had raped her at some point during her or dating and relationship uh and for a while it was just kind of like manson was kind of you know manson always said that he didn't do it but he'd always kind of stayed quiet uh and then recently as you know a few days ago i've caught some stories and articles where marilyn manson's actually suing rachel wood now this is interesting to me because a lot of times when we see uh men especially men who are being accused and charged with rape or you know some sort of uh violence against a woman a lot of times there's like this pleading out or you know paying them off uh to go away etc uh but in this case manson is actually suing rachel wood uh for what he calls uh defamation emotional distress and impersonation over the internet I'm not sure what that part of it really means. He had something about her impersonating the FBI or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe she did something where she was trying to claim that uh, she had some sort of legal document or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's all about there. But, um, but uh, Manson did file that real name was Brian Warner. Um, you know, it, biggest thing I think is that Manson is, you know, suing because you know once you've put out a claim of something an accusation of rape and stuff it it's almost like the you know a, a scarlet mark on a guy in terms of like you know uh staying with him like even if one of this shit's all settled if uh let's say manson's actually innocent uh he really isn't going to recover too much from this because you know public judgment is always going to say well he's, you know, he's a guy who gets away with it all the time or you know i just don't believe him or whatever the case now the, the reality is woods could be very much uh correct and telling truth here um but i'm always i, I always get kind of you know deterred by this stuff because it's like this shit should really be settled in a court of uh, law not of court of opinion but we can't really control that uh, but the problem is when guys, especially guys, are, are found innocent of stuff, uh, they're often, like, can't recover from it. We've seen guys lose careers and everything else over stuff like this. And that's one of Manson's claims is that he's been a unable to really recover musically or even through some of the acting he's done because of these accusations. Like, that's, you know, once he goes and tries to audition for something, I'm sure it's like, oh, 
you, yeah, but you got this going on. We can't have it here. It's it's bad. It's bad publicity. So, um, he's really going after for this, and like, to me, in some case, in some way, that's like stating his innocence. Like, I, I've always wondered why both women and men, when they go to do this kind of shit, why if you're if you're if you're so certain that you didn't do something. You never plead guilty to it. Never. And you don't pay people off. Never. It would never... If someone... If I was in any kind of shoes, like any kind of celebrity, musician, athlete, or whatever, and even if my lawyers are saying, you know, it's easier to pay them off than to go through court, I'm like, no. Paying them off is like admitting that you're guilty of something. And if you're, if you're steadfast in belief that you did no wrong... You don't do that. And, you know, that's why with guys like Harvey Weinstein, I'm, I, I don't feel sorry for this guy. He paid off so many women to keep quiet. And, and the other part of that is the women, too. I know people think that it's, you know, women don't think they're going to win in court, and sometimes they don't. But if you're being paid off, that means it's only a money grab. I mean, you can sit there and argue different points about how it could be just something, but the reality is, if you believe that this guy did you wrong, you don't settle. You take his ass to court. And I know it's tough, but you do that. You do it. You don't come out looking like you're just out for the money. Because, because the impression does last. The impression of public opinion does last. I have no doubt... That Asia Ardento, Mira Savino, uh, Uma Thurman, I have no doubt that these women were violated by Harvey Weinstein. Uh, but if you're going to take like payments and you know non disclosure agreements, which is one thing that Rose McGowan was smart about, she was like, okay, I'll take your money, but I'm not going to sign that NDA. Because I'm going to rub your nose in it. And she did for many years. And no one listened to her. And then now everyone's listening to her. So, I don't know. I, 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 if Manson is actually going through and suing this this girl, then that tells me that he really believes he's innocent. And, you know, kudos to him. Because if he really believes that, then that's what you should do. You don't let someone go bad-mouthing your name and, you know, rubbing your name into the, the limelight and, and, and the dirt and the shit and then getting away with it if it's not true. You don't do that. Now, this could be just him pushing back because maybe he is guilty. I don't know. But to me, this is a sign that he says to himself, I'm not guilty of this. And I think one thing that Mazin has admitted that his sexual appetites or sexual habits are a little bizarre. Maybe he's into the SMM thing. I have no idea. But his general consensus is that when he's with the relationship with Woods, like she was under the understanding that that's how he was, like sexually or whatever. And they were, he says she was very consensual with all of it. That's his interpretation of it. Uh, as far as the actual abuse, who knows? Like, I don't really know. No one really does besides those two. Those two. But, you know, if he's willing to go this distance to fight back, then 
you know, kudos to him. Like, if he really believes he's not guilty of doing that stuff, so. And that's how I'd ex- I would, that's how I would do it. Like, I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going to let you go to the public, drag my name through the mud, and then not, not have me fight back about it. Fuck that. That's my reputation. That means something. You know, if I'm not a rapist, so I'm not, it, you know, it doesn't matter who. Neko would never do it to me because, you know, we love each other and we have a great marriage and everything else. But, you know, if someone raped her, I wouldn't expect her to take a payment and just shut up about it. That just wouldn't happen. We'd fight back. Uh, and on the other side, if I was accused of raping some woman, uh, damn right I'm going to fight back. I'm not going to shut up and not say anything. No way. I ain't going to do it. That shit follows you forever. So it's it's something to kind of keep an eye on. I, I know that originally, uh, or initially, um, was it Gore Vabinsky that did the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean uh, films? He apparently did a doc uh, on Woods called uh, Phoenix Rising, which I have not seen. Uh, it's well, it's because it's going to be coming out March fifteenth. That's why, so it's not out yet. But apparently, Woods is interviewed and talked about the accusations against um, Manson. Uh, but it tells me probably if Manson's not involved, that it's only one-sided. So uh, I'll still check it out, and I'll probably get back to y'all about what I think of it because I do have HBO Max. So, uh, but. Uh, yeah, you know, so I'm not saying that it didn't happen the way she said it, but uh, at the same time as, like I said, I, I don't like settlements. I don't like guys who just lay down and take it because if you aren't guilty of something, then fight back. This is your life. This is your career. This is your reputation. You know, don't lay down taking this shit. Works both ways. All right. Now for the... The long haul, the getting to the end here. In the next two blocks, brand new Hammerfall, Vendetta, Sullen Ghost, and Virgins of Seven Seas from Grand Sounds and Against PR, respectively. But here's some brand new Shape of Despair, Solitary Downfall.
Hey everyone, this is Blake from Pig Destroyer. Hey Beak and Zealot R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now.
right. Brand new Hammerfall. No mercy. DJ Nubis here with you. Mail Tag Radio Podcast, episode 158. Episode 158. Man, I am just tumbling and stumbling on my words today. Not unusual, though. Anywho, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Hope you all enjoyed the music, as well as the topics I provided. Uh, I'm not sure when the next YouTube video will get up. I don't know. I haven't really decided. I haven't decided what I want to do with that. I don't know if I'm going to maybe venture out to go see the Batman or just, you know, check out something else online or find some sort of topic. You know, I don't know yet exactly what I'm going to do with that. But uh, be sure to stop by MiddleTimeRadio.com. You can get all our latest episodes and podcasts as well as... Uh, access the internet radio portion as well uh our youtube channel is there and of course all of our friends uh youtube personalities on the web and on youtube you can check out their stuff they have a lot of great content so stop by give them some love subscribe to their channels and uh we will see you next time and uh got one last track for you brand new stuff from martyr it's called demon hammer and enjoy the rest of your weekend folks
Doesn't matter.